Looking for a Bible to encourage the girl in your life? The NIV Kingdom Girls Bible is a beautiful new Bible that will inspire girls ages 8 to 12. It contains 400 features and colorful illustrations and highlights famous and sometimes infamous women of the Bible. Special notes will encourage girls to apply Bible passages to their lives through prayer, art, and activities. Go to NIVKingdomGirlsBible.com for a free sample and to learn more about this amazing Bible. Visit NIVKingdomGirlsBible.com today. Welcome to the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Show. Here you will find a variety of podcasts from authors, bloggers, and speakers ready to encourage you on your daily journey. I can't wait to get started. And now let's listen to today's show. This podcast is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. What is creation? Did God create the world in six days and rest on the seventh? Does anyone really care? These questions and many more, including teaching tips and great resources, are presented in the Creation Science Podcast. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and it's my pleasure and honor to be your host. Some of these shows are from my Best of Creation Expos and other presentations I've completed throughout the years of teaching on this topic. I'm the owner of Media Angels, Inc., a publishing company that produces books, audios, and videos to help you and your family in your Christian walk. Check out my books and other podcasts at MediaAngels.com. To get the show notes for this broadcast, go to CreationSciencePodcast.com. And now, let's learn together. Hey everyone, welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz. And I am doing a session on what happened to the dinosaurs and other mysteries um, that happened after God created the world. Well, I am uh, giving this teaching based on a book that I wrote with a friend of mine and scientist, Joe Whitlock, who is a creation geologist, and the name of the book um, is Creation Science, a Study Guide to Creation, and also another one, Creation Science, um, and it, this one is The Flood, and it's about the flood. So it's a geology book we wrote, a creation geology book. So um, I want you to think about the world as it was many, many years ago. And when we think about dinosaurs and we think about all the creatures that are now extinct, we think, gosh, it must have been a really strange world, huh? You know, can you imagine going out in the morning and seeing a dinosaurs walking by, you know, your dwelling, whatever your dwelling was back then. So it's an amazing thing when we think about that. And before we get into some of the specifics about how, you know, dinosaurs went extinct, and there's a lot of theories about that, and we're just going to touch on a few. But when you think about that, one of the things I want you to think about is that God is a God of order, and God is in control. But before we can really talk about the flood, I mean the dinosaurs, we're going to have to talk about the flood. And why do we need to talk about the flood? Well, because that's 
how dinosaurs went extinct. And it was after the flood that these things happened. And so there's, again, a lot of theories about why um, this happened. And if you look at what evolutionists say, their theories are a lot different than what ours are. Um, I would really like you to listen to the audio on creation uh, first before you listen to this one. I also would like you uh, to listen to an audio by Dr. Weil on creation versus evolution. So that ha that will help you a lot um, with this kind of information because it will give you more of a background. So we're going to go through this and and look at um, first of all how um, you know how the flood happened and the way it happened is that. First of all, sin entered the world when Adam and Eve turned their backs on God. And when we think about it, it's so hard for us to think about. Because Adam and Eve walked with God, and yet they turned their backs upon God. And I know my kids have said, wow, if they had mom, we would still be in the Garden of Eden. And the funny thing is, that's exactly what I thought when I was their age. And you know what? How many times do we sin? How many times do we turn our backs on God? And so that's something we have to think about, that, yes, Adam and Eve sinned, and maybe if, if you and I were the ones who were there at the beginning of time, maybe we would have thought differently. But it happened, and so because it happened, sin came into the world. And there was a time where there was so much sin that God decided that he was going to send a flood to clear out the earth and to, to rid itself of all the sinful people. And, for, and he called a man by the name of Noah. And so in Genesis 6, 13 through 14, we read, So God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all the people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of express wood and make room in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. So God called Noah, and he was favored in the eyes of, of God because he was following God's word, and he was known as a righteous man. And I hope those of you listening are righteous, you know, and we'll look up that word and, and, and know what that means. So the people of Noah's day, of course, as you know, thought that this was very silly, and they couldn't believe that there was going to be a flood. In fact, there's been speculation that it had not rained before the flood. That's one of the things they think, and that's one of the reasons they thought it was so silly. And so when he was building it along with his sons, you know, God gave them a long amount of time to build it, and people lived a lot longer back then because um, if you listen to the first audio, the atmosphere was like two atmospheres, and that's what, what's um, it's known as a hyperbaric chamber. So men lived longer, that it was just better conditions for things to grow, things grew bigger. And so, um, you know, they lived a long time to be able to build this ark. And one of the questions that's asked is, well, if there was a flood, it wasn't worldwide. But we know that the flood was worldwide because of evidence that we see. You know, first of all, if the flood wasn't worldwide, why would Noah's family need to build an ark? 
The second is there was over 200 flood accounts, and 95% of these are about a universal flood, meaning that cover the whole world. Just about every civilization has a flood account. And so that's one of the, the cool things that we talk about in our book. And another thing, the ark doesn't look like the pictures that you might see in a nursery room or setting. The ark was designed at 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. And there was room for two of each animal. There was room for food and storage and for Noah and his family. And there's a lot of um, different ministries that have displays of art, creation ministries. And um, I believe that there are people who have even built the art to size. This boat was designed by Almighty God. It was bigger than a huge jumbo jetliner, and they could fit so many animals in here. And so um, a cubit is a distance from the elbow of a man's arm to his fingertips, which is kind of cool. You can look at, you know, your mom or your dad's fingertip to the elbow, and that's one cubit. And kind of another cool thing is that scientists have tested various scale models of ocean-going vessels with the same ratio as the design of the arc. And if you know your math, a ratio um, is, is a, a, it has to do with numbers two numbers comparatively, and they said that this is one of the best stable configurations. And that's no surprise to us, is it? And um, it was used, the same ration dimensions have been used for hundreds of years on ships like the Great Britain and the Great Eastern, which were built for, for being very stable. So there's a lot of things um, we, I talk about um, in the book, I'm just going to talk about it very briefly here, like how big was the ark, um, and, and there's a lot of things that, you know, are examples of how big the ark is and number of railroad cars and things like that. But I want to talk quickly about a word called kind. What is a kind? A kind is not a species. A dog kind includes dogs, wolves, and coyotes. And there were dinosaur kinds. Dinosaurs were believed to be on the ark. Remember, dinosaurs, on average, were the size of a chicken. We only see, you know, the huge, you know, flying creatures, Tyrannosaurus or Triceratops or Tyrannosaurus rex. We don't think about the little, little dinosaurs. And many of uh, those who have done the study on the ark believe that the animals were juveniles. Well, do you know what a juvenile is? That means someone who's little. So it wasn't necessarily an adult dinosaur that went on the ark, but it was a young dinosaur. So the, the, the dinosaurs were on the ark, and we don't see very many pictures of those. But if you ever draw a picture of the ark, be sure to put in the dinosaurs. So the first week of the flood, you know, well, the first week the ark was completed, once the, the ark was completed, um, the animals and the food weren't on board. No one his family went on board and got, God shut the door. And only God knows, and Noah, of course, and his family who are long gone, how the Lord called all these animals to him. But, but he took them on, you know, on board. And uh, scriptures tell us that there were two of each. And there's another account uh, that there were, um, they were in there according to their kind. Remember that, like the dog kind and the cat kind and the elephant kind, um, not 
all the variations that we see today. And when we think about that, you know, it, it was very, very difficult for Noah and his family. And after seven days, the floodwaters came and they covered the earth. So it, it rains for 40 days and then it ends. And the floodwaters covered the entire world. And the mountains were covered more than in 20 feet of water. And there was, um, in the scriptures that we read in Genesis 7, 11 through 12, in the 600th year of Noah's life, on the 17th day of the month, on that day all the springs of the great deep burst forth, and the floodgates of heavens were open, and rain fell on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. So it was a cataclysmic event. It wasn't like this nice little ark floating on the water and everything was all calm. No, it was a catastrophic event. So everything died. And when God stopped the rain, the floodwaters eventually receded. And um, after the rain stopped, 150 days later, the ark comes to a rest on the mountains of Ararat. And the mountains become visible in the 10th month. So Noah is 601 when he leaves the ark. And some people think that the ark is still um, on Mount Ararat. And it is a very hostile country, unfortunately. And it is not a country that likes Christians. Because otherwise, um, every Christian ministry would have somebody there going to find the ark. And how cool would that be to find the ark? But... For some reason, the Lord wants the ark hidden. He wants us to have faith because if they found the ark, even if they found the ark of Noah, people who do not believe in God would not believe it was really the ark. So we don't need to see the ark to know that it exists because God's word says it. So God stopped the rain and he allowed the waters to go away. And the springs of the deep and the floodgates of heaven, we were told, were closed and the rain stopped falling. And so before the flood, we're going to talk a little bit about the weather. Before the flood, the earth was warmer. There was much more carbon dioxide in the air. As I told you, it was like two atmospheres that made the plants and animals grow bigger and people live longer. There were many plants and animals that were evident then that did not survive the flood. And so we see those in the fossil record. Fossils are preserved in the ground, and they're very hard. You might have found a fossil digging around in your own yard or in the dirt or at the beach. You know, we find a lot of clam fossils here where I live because we are we live in an area that has a lot of water. You know, we live near the beaches. So after the flood, many plants and animals died, and dinosaurs and other large creatures could not live in the reduced atmosphere or without some of the plants that became extinct for them to eat. And many plants and animals were rapidly buried, which caused the fossils. And fossils are found in groups, like huge graveyards. They call them fossil graveyards. And rocks show a catastrophic deposit. That means it all went down so fast. There was large-scale erosion, and it formed canyons, and it carved out mountains, and it just did an amazing, amazing thing. There's a lot of volcanic activity there was a lot of mountain-building episodes, um, uplifts caused by what's known as hydrostatic head, head of water. 
and there's post-flood um, ice age. And the post-flood ice age um, is talked a lot about by creationist and meteorologist Michael Ward, who's going to be one of the guests on our show, um, on our Creation Expo. And he um, proposed that the ice age was an aftermath of Noah's flood. So that is something that um, is just astounding. And we believe that there was an ice age, just not many. Like uh, evolutionists believe that there were many, many ice ages, and we believe that there was one. So the flood would have produced everything necessary um, with, with a catastrophic outcome, which is that a lot of the animals died. And so a lot of the the dinosaurs and other creatures, they died. You know, evolutionists teach that dinosaurs lived millions and millions of years ago in a time called the Mesozoic period. But, um, and that was after they evolved from lower creatures. And they supposedly ruled the earth during the age of the reptiles, as you know, and that's called the Jurassic period. And they believe that was about, you know, 100 million, 60 million years ago. Um, is when the, I think the latest fossil they said was, was age dated. But from a biblical look, we know that there are geologic periods. We know that there are different um, sediments that were laid down, but we don't believe that there, they were millions and millions of years old. One theory says, well, dinosaurs were just too big to survive and they became extinct. And when we look at the fossils, um, it looks like the large and the small dinosaurs all became extinct around the same time. So that kind of disproves that theory. Um, it doesn't give evidence for it. And if there were gigantic sizes that were disadvantaged or needed extinction, then how come we have huge things today like like elephants? You know, why didn't the smaller dinosaurs survive and the smaller, you know, turtles and crocodiles and things like that? Well, a lot of them were buried and they died. Uh, crocodile is an interesting thing because every um, ancient skeleton that has been found of the crocodile looks very, very similar to what's around today. So there's no, um, most of the fossil record does not show any evolution at all, that things have evolved from small to large or that um, there was any distinct change in a, in a kind of animal or in a species. You know, some people think, well, there was disease that caused the dinosaur epidemic and they were wiped out. Well, there's evidence for disease in the fossil record. For example, um, if you've ever heard of the Tyrannosaurus rex by the name of Sue, uh, she apparently had gout and others showed signs of cancer and other diseases. Well, this is because, remember, when sin entered the, the world, then we had disease and we had death and we had our creation is deteriorating and it's deteriorating now. You know, our creation is not getting more and more complex and newer and newer. When when there's a baby, a baby becomes an adult, right, and gets older. Well, the same thing with animals. So I don't know how something that is a baby could, you know, get could get um, more complex and not be old and die. So that's that's an interesting thing that evolution teaches. If an epidemic was responsible, then everything would have died. So that's not that's not a good explanation for why the dinosaurs died. Um, there's a lot of theories. Let's go through some of them. For example, there was um, there's evidence in the fossil record that the climate changes in the past were different, which we talked about. 
and the larger animals did not um, do well in our changing condition after the flood. There is another theory that um, they, their plants that they ate did not, um, did not survive. And most creationists believe that dinosaurs were vegetarians before uh, the fall of Adam and Eve, and they became meat eaters later on. And that is because before sin entered the world, there was no death. So for us to eat meat, we have something has to die. And um, plants are not, they are living, but they're not creatures. So that's, um, that would be a, a difficulty for dinosaurs that some of their plants died and possibly some of their food sources died. And one of the things is that, um, that has been, you know, asteroid hitting the Earth is one of the big, big theories uh, that has happened. But again, why, if an asteroid hit the Earth, would only one population, not to say that asteroids couldn't have hit the Earth, which we have much evidence that they have, but why wouldn't some of the other animals um, also have died? Evolutionists believe that mammals were just evolving um, onto the scene when dinosaurs were dying out. So it's been suggested that some of the mammals ate the dinosaurs and, and things like that. And mammals still prey on eggs of, repti of reptiles and birds, and that could be a reason for the mass extinction. But we haven't seen that happen where um, anything has happened like that today. So a lot of these things are theories. You know, there's a lot of movies that are made about how, um, you know, the, the dinosaurs didn't um, live. And I think that the flood story is a very good account of what happened. You know, once the sediments were laid down and, um, you know, the, the, the pre-flood mountains were probably not as high as the present ones, um, and we find a lot of aquatic fossils on the top of mountains because they were once probably lake beds because the entire world was a lake bed. So that's another evidence that there was a worldwide flood to find aquatic uh, kinds of animals, animals that live in water at the top of mountains. We also believe that most geologic forms, like the Grand Canyon, were formed during the flood. And um, we had a, a talk about Mount St. Helens, which you'll want to listen to, by Dr. Sharp. And that was a great talk, because he discusses um, how that rapidly showed burial, and because of that huge volcano on Mount St. Helens in Washington State, and how that showed a lot of the same kinds of things that creations have been talking about that happened at the time of the flood with the volcanic activity. We also see that there was a lot of rapid burial. And you see that where there are uh, fossils of dinosaurs. In order for a fossil to be found, it must be rapidly buried. You know, fo fossils were found um, with, with kinds of animals and species that were not normally found together. And fossils are only preserved when they are buried rapidly because what happens when a fish died? It goes to the top of the water, it decays, other fish eat it, birds eat it, and then just the, the skeleton is gone. And one time we found an entire um, egret skeleton at the beach. And, of course, my daughter um, at the time, Christina, who was very young and loved science, wanted to take the bones home. And we were with a friend of ours who's an orthopedic uh, doctor, and he was telling us what the different bones were. And they were pretty picked clean. All the ants had gotten to them. 
Of course, I did take them home and sterilize them, and then actually they're still around this house somewhere. But um, that was amazing because we could see that the bones, while hard and preserved, were, it did not give an imprint of the animal. So in order for a fossil to happen, it has to be buried rapidly, and uh, that's the most common method of fossil preservation. And the minerals from the water and surrounding debris fill the cellular spaces and it crystallizes and the shape of the original plant or animal is preserved as rock. Sometimes the original material is dissolved away, leaving the form and structure, but not the organic remains. So um, really cool if you find fossils. So um, we're not going to talk too much about some of the other geologic things that happened, like the canyons and plate tectonics or continental sprint, as it's called, because the, when there was the flood, all the continents spread apart. I'll just tell you about that a little bit. And that was uh, when they were all together. It was known as Pangaea. And yes, we believe that at one time the land mass was together and it split, but we think the split um, happened within you know years, which allowed people to get across. So it was, they, they consider it a sprint, but it did happen fairly quickly, but not in the millions of years that we're told. You know, Genesis 9 says, and God blessed Noah and his son, saying to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth. And so they did, and God made a rainbow covenant with Noah, that he would never flood the world again. And so one of the things we have to think about is that we have had floods, haven't we? And God is a man of his word. So he was talking about a worldwide flood, a worldwide flood, not just a localized flood. So that's another way that we can think about the importance of what God has shown us in his word and how it deals with the scriptures. So I want to leave you with this thought. Whenever you see a rainbow, Think about God's covenant with Noah and with us as followers of Christ. Thank you for listening. And if you want more information about our books or products, please go to MediaAngels.com. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Creation Science Podcast. You can find the show notes at creationsciencepodcast.com. And as always, reach out to me, Felice Gerwitz, at felice at mediaangels.com. Take care, God bless, and I hope you enjoy teaching your children and learning about the beautiful world that God created. Please share this broadcast with a friend, and thanks so much. podcast is a production of the ultimate homeschool radio network subscribe to this podcast on itunes google play or any of your favorite podcast apps look for the ultimate homeschool radio show to keep up to date with all our wonderful podcasts for a special subscriber printable pack as well as all our timely freebies join our email list on the ultimate homeschool radio network.com